Celebrating 50 years of helping people get the job done right with versatile, durable equipment. Kubota. Together, we do more. Sometimes in life, you find yourself on the right side of the line. I find it strange that we as men are so comfortable with the fact that we have nipples. Are you in a prison rec room? That's why I call my baby Maxwell House. If you drink blood every day, can you donate more often? Live from Texas, this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. hear that? It's Brent and Landon, and this is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Yes, it is, Ashton. This is the Dryline Farmer Podcast. This is actually a part two of the Dryline Farmer Podcast. Why? Because two is better than one, and we have all kinds of material because we have the one and only Brian Jensen. You heard us last week interview the great voice of Texas Tech football, and now you're going to hear the second half. So without any further delay, check us out. Brent Carlson, Landon Nolan, and the one and only Brian Jensen. Okay, so, you know, we, we've gone from to the transfer portal, not losing eligibility when you transfer, now to the NIL. Are we going to be better? Or is college football going to be better or worse? Or is it just time will tell? Oh, it's already worse, in my opinion. Yeah. Already worse. I mean, the NIL, and I'm 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 an old school guy, and I, and this is the one area where I really have, um, you know, I've argued until I'm blue in the face, which happens a lot when I talk about this because there are a lot of people that don't believe this. But I went to college and I paid for it, and I was a swimmer when I went to Tech, and I had a, a partial scholarship, but then I um, had shoulder issues, and I gave the scholarship back, and I uh, paid for school, and I got a great education, and I got a career because of it. Athletes go to school. Oh well, they go to they go to college, mm-hmm. and they get school paid for. Yeah. Okay. To me, in in back in the day, at least, that was that was payment enough. Okay, you got a scholarship, you got free school that cost all those other students that come watch you play. That was your payment. Yeah. If you didn't use it in the right way, that's your fault. That's your, I'm sorry, but you had the opportunity. And then to this day, college isn't cheap. Okay. And I, I still think, and I, and I get the, I get that, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what Tech did in their NIL situation with, with the, the Matador Club and, mm-hmm. you know, the, the money that has been paid to the 100 players. I think that was a brilliant move in, in the new rules. Mm-hmm. But my, but my world, my, what my belief was, was, well, that's great in the new rules, but these new rules just completely blow out the fact that you no longer have student athletes. I mean, I know, I know Kirby and, and, uh, and, you know, administrators would argue that, yeah, we do. We have student athletes and we, we make sure that they get their degree and their education. And I think that's fantastic. But I think there's a, a lot of them now that are going to, you know, hang on to this this money and, and go, you know what, I don't, I'll go to school, I guess. Do I really have to turn in grades? Do I have mm-hmm. to, you know, I, I, that's what's next. What's next? Do they, do they actually have to, I don't know. Do they have to still turn in grade? I'm assuming they do to be eligible or what, not. Who was it? Who was the basketball player? The, the, the clip that always gets plays like practice. We're talking about practice, practice. Um, that's just silly. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're going to say Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson. Instead of practice, it's class. You talking about class? We're not going to go yeah. to class. That's silly. Yeah. You know, so I, you know, I'm a little concerned about that part of it. That to me, that was that was payment enough. And then when it became not payment enough because of the you know, I, and and you know what happened? What happened was this is the weirdest part of the whole thing, in my opinion. Uh, fake games turned in to be the reason we're in all of this with um, video games oh, okay. um, and the likeness, the likeness situation. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really jerseys and it wasn't 
wasn't all, it's once that became so big and people started, you know, saying, well, as you'll recall, NCAA football actually got, got canned from EA Sports. They didn't do that anymore. They went with Madden. They didn't do the NCAA anymore. My son is, he, he screams all the time. When are they going to bring the NCAA back now that they got NIL? And I, I'm sure it's coming. Um, but you now can get on Madden and create your own NCAA team, right? Okay. And so, again, it, it's it's all of this that really created all of this, and the money behind it is just ridiculous. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I see where it came from, but the unfortunate part is that um, it's, in my opinion, it's not college football as much as it is almost becoming, or it sh- it could become if we're not careful, minor league football. Yeah. I mean. It's basically the NFL. I mean, not basically. It practically is the NFL's farm system. I mean, so. But it's real. But but here, this is where I'll jump on you. On that. I, okay. I, still to this day, and there's an ad that runs, or the promo that runs. I think it's uh, you know how many NCAA um, athletes actually end up in professional mm-hmm. sports. Very 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 small number. Right. Very small number compared to how many go on to do other things. Here's my concern. They went on to do other things because they had a college degree Mm -hmm. that was paid for for them. That was their payment to play. And they got that free college degree. And then they went on to become business people or professionals or whatever. Made a lot of, you know, they make good money. They they have good careers. Well, now, are they still going to do that? That's my concern. My concern is, are they going to think because I get this NIL money, I'm now I'm on track. I'm going to be able to become a some level professional athlete instead of paying attention and being concerned with a college education that is actually going to be more important down the road to them than that little bit of money that they got while they were in college. Yeah, I mean it's not like they're they're making a millionaires right now, but I mean they're I mean the same amount of people are going to get in the NFL anyway. But now they're focused. It's just like you say, their focus is going to be like everybody's going to get in it. So, yeah, yeah. that's what they're going to think. I'm yeah. afraid. But yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully, not. hopefully somebody is smarter than me and they're they got it all figured out. Well, you're talking. I mean, you're talking about 18 year old boys or young men, 18 to 23, 22 year old young men. I know yeah, I made they're... the best decisions of my life in those four years. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't getting paid. With a, and I got to believe you didn't have a check dangling in front of you. <laughs> I did not. No. I no. did not. I had a. What kind of decisions would you have made then? Oh God, yeah. I'd, I'd have been so sorry. I'd have been so useless. <laughs> God, I'd have been useless. I still probably wouldn't have gotten yeah. dates, but at least I would have had nice. <laughs> I don't know shirts. I wouldn't have had to call my mom every two weeks. Mom and dad every two weeks yeah. for uh, advance on my operating note. So, <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, yep. But exactly. uh, yeah, no, it's um, you know, at first I was going to say, is it any different than it was thirty years ago? Other than there's zeros on the end of it now, you know. So my freshman year, my I took fourteen hours first semester. I stayed in Mur. I lived in Murdo. 14 hours, it was about $4,500. That was room and board. That was everything. And I can't, you know, what is it? What's the semester now? Probably it tech 15000 is it? I don't know. I'm just guessing. But. Well, it, you know, but, but think about the, the, um, the people that, well, it is different now. It's more expensive now. But the more important thing to me is that it's the it's the focus. It's the focus of why you're there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you there now to play football only? Or are you there like back in the day? Other and again, trust me, I know this. I was at Channel 8 um in, in the in the fallout of the SMU um death penalty. Okay. So I'm not naive. I get the fact that there were under the table payments and in that situation over the table payments. I get that. So I know there were athletes that were not there for college. They were there for football, but the number of them were limited, very limited in my opinion at that time, like a couple. Um, now it's a very large number, but those, like you said, those numbers that are going to the NFL are not going to be, much larger than they yeah. were before. Yet the focus on why they're there has changed 
in my opinion, for a bigger number. And yeah. so my concern is those that gap in between the guys that are were going to get paid anyway, okay, in the under table at SMU. Oh, okay. They were going to get paid anyway. And then the guys that aren't going to get paid now, that those players right in the middle that are getting some NIL money, but they're not going to be in the NFL, are they going to focus on college and getting their education? Or are they going to focus on trying to go after another check from the, from, you know, a sponsor in NIL to get a little bit more cash? Then they're not going to get to the NFL and that's all they're going to have. And then they don't have a degree. Yeah. Yeah. They won't have a degree and they'll be going, what, what the heck happened? Yeah. And that's, those are the guys I'm really concerned about. And, and, you know, we'll see how it works out. Maybe, like I so, said, somebody, somebody smarter than me. They got to figure that out. Well, a lot of guys are one injury away from not making it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That too. Well, and then or, how many guys were in the NFL for five years or even 10 years and come out broke out of that? And then maybe they've got, you know, all these physical problems and ment- let alone mental problems. The yeah, but they got that. there. That's uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. Yeah, I, I hear you. But those are the guys that that were going to do that anyway. They were going to get there anyway. That's why they went to school. Okay. Or yeah, for right. that college. And 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 I think too, um, you know, it, it's just it's too early to know all those things. We're just going to have to see how it plays out. It's just the same answer as the as the conferences. It's too early to really know how this is going to play out. Um, I just hope and pray that 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 the day this kind of settles, if it does, that uh, that tech and our program are in a good place, which I think it will be, that um, that we'll have an opportunity to to be amongst the the players of college sports and not the you know not the other ones. Yeah. Well, Brian, you've been more than generous with your time. Uh, just a couple more things. What uh what's your outlook for the season? Do you have a Prediction. So my outlook is is great. I mean, I I love the fact that we've been picked very low in the conference. Um, it, historically, if you look back, uh, typically when that happens, especially when you know you've got some some talent coming back, um, and then you've added some pretty good um, some pretty good spots. Like I think um, you know Coach McGuire's done. Um, I think he's going to get a lot more out of his players than people even realize and. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna improve on what we had last year. Um, I don't think we'll take any steps backwards. And if we improve and get, you know, even another game or two under our belt, then we're in a much better place uh, as we get this great recruiting class that's that's on the horizon and hopefully start getting into conversation about uh, winning a conference championship before this thing blows up. So tell me, you said you're in your media room. Yeah. So tell me, tell me just a little bit. What's what do you got in the background? Is that a basketball jersey? It's just re- kind of small. Back, back over your right. Where, where, where is that your right shoulder? Yeah. yeah back so over. Um, I don't know if you saw a picture. I did a. Uh, I put a picture on uh, on there my social media this week that I'd signed the uh, my agreement with Learfield. Uh, we do annual agreements, which I, uh, I don't still understand, but um, so. Um, it's going to be my 23rd season. So my son has um, a Culver 23 jersey. Okay. And so I put on Michael Crabtree's jersey, which I have from the 2008 season, and then put the Culver jersey on top of that and <laughs> took a picture because it's going to be my 23rd season. So that's there. I have a Mahomes corner over here. We never talked about Mahomes. Man, what a great, uh, what a great influence that dude's been on everything tech. I've got uh, Graham Harrell and Michael Crabtree's uh, the painting of them making the catch um, on a wall over here. Uh, I've got a bunch of memorabilia from when I was in the television sports business from uh, from Dallas all throughout my media room, and uh, got my hole in one balls over here. And did uh, you say balls just, with an S? I did. How I many did. do you have? Two. God, two. Wow! I played. I got two. I've been, I've had two shots one foot away from the cup. That's as close as I've been. I've played golf for, gosh, what, 25, 30 years now. And that's as close Brent, as I've my ever first, been. My, fr- 
my first one was one of those that I hit the ball and I went, oh my God, this is terrible. It was like a line drive <laughs> yeah. and it bounced a couple of times, went to the green and, and I, we didn't see it go in. And I'm like, where, where, we walk up there. Where is it? it maybe it rolled off the green. And some guy walks up and goes, what are you hitting? And you're not going to believe what ball it was. I was hitting a nitro. Wow. I said, it's a, I said, I'm hitting a nitro. And he goes, a nitro. And I said, yeah. And he goes, well, it's right here in the cup. Wow. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I was in one of those hole in one clubs where if you play with somebody that you're, that you actually are in the club with. Okay. And you have the hole in one. And he was actually a, a tech grad, um, who passed away not too long ago, but, um, he, uh, had to pay me extra cash because wow. we were playing together. And then the second one was one of those that you always dream of. It was just a, one of those great shots that yep. you hope to hit, hit the green, took one bounce and into the cup. It was, and I could see it the whole way. It was just really, and with my son, he was there. So it was really cool. So are you a, wow. a do you a single digit handicapper? Not anymore. Not anymore. No. Not anymore. Yeah. Back in the, the television days, I was when I played every day. Yeah. But uh, now I have a real job. <laughs> Along with the broadcasting. I have a yeah. Real job. You know, you've got that whole thing. So getting a hole in one with a nitro, did you have to? Did you hesitate at all before claiming it? <laughs> no, because back then, back then, it, you, you, this was before your day, so you you probably didn't understand what they were trying to do with the nitro when it came out. It was uh, the hot ball, yeah, the nitro, right? <laughs> and so I thought, okay, well, I got a I got a couple of boxes in the mail from the nitro, and we were, you know, the television they're trying to promote it. And I go, I'll play with these. They were they were rocks, man. Oh yeah, they were like it's like hitting oh. a rock. Top flat wow, exit. Which is probably yeah. why, probably why I hit it. So that's, I'm sure the only reason I hit it so poorly. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, absolutely. But it, but it did get there. <laughs> you didn't have a flat back swing or anything to make that thing scull across no, the no, fairway. No. Oh, no. yeah. Well, uh, um, so now tell me if this is, this says from November not 2019 to present, it says you're involved with the YMCA. Yeah, I've been on the boards of, uh, I was on a local board for 12 years, and then I've been on the uh, Metro Dallas board for, oh, I don't know, four years or so. I see. Yeah. That's not... my, the Y that I grew up in and that I swim at every day is uh, about four blocks away from me. I see. So you were, uh, yeah. what were you, a freestyle swimmer? What was your... What was your event? Well, that's interesting. So as I was growing up, I was a butterflyer and freestyler. And then in high school, um, we had a butterflyer that was better than I was. So they needed a backstroker. So I changed the backstroke and um, made the state um, meet in backstroke. And then went, like I said, I went to tech for uh, a little while on a backstroke uh -huh. or on a uh, swimming scholarship. But I swim still to this day. I swam Alcatraz twice. Wow. Um, which was really fantastic. Oh, I got a great story for that. You Go for it. We okay. got hours. So, we got hours. <laughs> okay. So this is a great story because, and, and it wasn't, it, well, actually two of them. So I swam it twice. The first time I swam it, um, I finished second in my age group and it was um, beautiful, perfect conditions. But um, we had learned a couple of, uh, about a month and a half before we were to go, you know, to San Francisco, we had learned that a, a gentleman had died of a heart attack um, in the water um, of of another Alcatraz swim, wow. and so we were all like, "Oh my gosh!" Blah, blah, blah. Well, we learned more about the story about you know he had he had actually shown signs on the on the barge before he got off. Blah blah. blah. Well, that that individual was Sam Ellinger's father. Really? Yes, I didn't find that out until years later. But, uh, yeah, Sam Ellinger's father, um, oh. passed away in the, on the Alcatraz swim. Well, uh, the second time I swam it, um, I went back to try to, to win in my age group instead of finishing second. But I had, um, rotator cuff surgery the next day because it was, um, in really bad shape. So I swam one arm. But after that swim, I finished third, by the way, that year. <laughs> um, after that swim, um, viral video came out of a kid that was on the dock at Alcatraz, which is literally hun just hundreds of yards from where they drop us off to start the swim. And the video was of a great white um, annihilating a, a seal right there in front of that dock. Wow. Uh, and here we were, 800 
looking like seals in our black <laughs> wetsuits. <laughs> I was going to say, it has to be a wetsuit deal, yeah. Swimming, yeah, swimming in those same waters and haven't been back there since. But, wow. Uh, I might do it again. Might yeah. Do it again. So do you think the prisoners made it and escaped there? <laughs> uh, Clint Eastwood might have. Possi- possibly. Possibly. There were there were several swimmers uh, from California that swam without wetsuits. Now the first time wow. I swam, it was it was sixty, it was sixty six degrees, so that was manageable. Um, the second time I swam it, it was fifty eight degrees, which probably would not have been manageable if you were without a wetsuit. I don't think if you hadn't done it, you know, daily like the California people do. Is it a? But, uh, yeah, I would have to assume they try to do it in the heat of the summer, don't they, for your races or not? No, they do it. Um, there is really no heat of the summer. I was going to say they yeah. do it. They they do it. They do it by the current. Okay. So they try to gauge what time of year the, there's going to be a, a big the biggest gap between the the switch of current because you're trying the current there is ridiculous and so you have to be really conscious of it and so they try to start you as soon as the current is slowing down coming in from the Golden Gate Bridge and about to shift and go back out um, towards the Golden Gate Bridge. And so you're swimming the first part of the swim with very little current, and then it starts picking up as you're going. And if you're not careful, they tell you this when they're when you're in training, that if you miss the entrance to Aquatic Park, which is where you're going to finish, uh, the current is going to be strong enough to take you out past the Golden Bridge and you'll die. So they have a bunch of uh, kayak uh, rescue squads uh-huh. and then a couple of boats that are waiting for people that don't make the entrance and they'll stop them and pull them and then bring them back and get them to the entrance and let them go back in uh, if they're lucky. So, yeah, it's what, what what's the distance point. of the race? Uh, it's almost two miles. Oh, yeah. yeah, I would. Depends on your depends on the track you take. Okay. I think I would stick to trying to get hole in ones, to be honest with you, for me. Yeah, well. <laughs> I'm not an accomplished swimmer. I'm not an accomplished. Hereford doesn't really hasn't ever had a big swim team because they didn't yeah. have a pool to do it in. So you know, it does help to have a pool. It does help to have a. Sure. They they try to get that little individual deal where it's got the current where you can just that they couldn't fit more than yeah. one person swim at a time. Place, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I so, tried that during COVID and it was uh, not very successful. Not very. Yeah. No. I. It, it just doesn't seem like it works, right? So, yeah. Well, Brian, it's been beyond exciting to have you on here. Tell us um, where all you want to be found on social media or anywhere on the Internet and all that kind of good stuff. Oh, gosh. Um, Personal cell can, phone number uh, if you want. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My credit card number. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, wouldn't get you very far. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, you can find me on all, all the all the re- regular platforms: uh, Facebook, Instagram, um, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, all that stuff. And just uh, really, the the best way to do it is just to put my name in there or uh, EDRR, uh, Touchdown Red Raiders. That'll probably also get you some of those. And then, I, like I said, I've, I did the podcast last year. If you're interested in taking a look at it, it's called Broadcast Booth, and it's on um, it's on all the regular, you know, podcast platforms. So Apple I, and I know, uh, and I know that this is a closing question, or that was, but I absolutely cannot believe I forgot another one. Yes, where did Touchdown uh, Red Raiders? When was that born? Just oh, uh, that's a good one. Okay, so I'm glad you asked that question i cannot um, but i've got it in all caps why didn't you answer why didn't you ask it at the beginning i don't know because um, I, I suck at this that's why <laughs> yeah yeah you're a farmer so um farming demands well-built equipment Kubota equipment that's proven for over a century tractors that are adaptable and versatile hay tools backed by a two-year warranty sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed and productive ssv skid steers Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. So, not a broadcaster, right? So, um, but actually, you're doing, you, you'd have shocked me if you'd have told me that you know, without me knowing it. So, anyway, um, so I was told when I started that 
Jack's thing, Jack, uh, you know, Jack Dale, who I followed. Sure. Um, I didn't replace and I didn't fall. I, I certainly didn't, um, fill his shoes. I just followed in his footsteps. He, um, his thing was touchdown Texas Tech. I was told. They said, don't, whatever you do, don't say that. I'm like, okay, I, I'll try not to say that. And so after the, about the first couple of games, I didn't really say anything uh, memorable. Um, and then I don't know, I, I want to say it was about the third game of the first season when it just came out that, uh, that that's what the call was. And then the second game, the second, the next touchdown, I said it again. And then, um, a friend of mine that had been listening to the game just said, Hey man, that was, that was a great call you made. And I said, which one? They said, well, when you said touchdown red Raiders, you got so excited. It was just, it really came out, um, you know, your passion. And I was like, okay, great. And then again, um, you try not to script anything. It's, it's kind of a no, no in the ad lib, um, play by play world. And so I didn't write it down or tell myself, this is what I got to say, but it just started to, Kind of become the thing, and um, you know, been that ever since. So you I've know, called it thousands of times. Sure, yeah, absolutely. You know, so they came. I don't know if the app originated last year, the Varsity app, where you can sync TV with y'all. Yeah. Anyway, so man, I, that's I love that because the radio is always what yeah. fifteen seconds ahead of the television at least. Yeah, but yeah, um, ten to fifteen. But beside that, whenever we're say up thirty up 40 or down 30 or 40 and we score I'm like i wonder how he's gonna do touchdown red raiders because there's no reason for him to be just overly excited <laughs> but i mean man he i'm like brian must dig down deep to get that touchdown red raiders excitedly out when we're just getting throttled or we're giving the throttle to somebody there now, are times yeah yeah there are times but you know what i what, what goes through my head at that moment is there's somebody that's got the got the radio on, but they're not really paying attention. Uh-huh. And they're probably, you know, they might be in another room or they might be driving down the highway and they're kind of almost about to snooze. And uh, I go, you know what? Here's my chance to wake them up. Here's my chance to get them out of that other room and get them, you know, get them back engaged a little bit. And so that helps me, you know, when I think about that, that helps me get, you know, dig down deep and, and let her rip. Yeah, because you're like the call coming into the touchdown. You know, they're I, you can tell they're fixing the score, and you're just you're just kind of rolling along, and then boom, you hit it. <laughs> just I don't know, it just always sticks out to me. It's really it's it's always pretty neat when you do that. But uh, well, I'm glad to hear that. I yeah. appreciate it. Do you, uh, yeah. Now I've always wondered, real, just real quick, your seats are they usually? I mean, obviously they're in the press box. Do they have you close to the middle of the field, or is it all over the place from? Stadium well, they're stadium. actually not in the press box. Oh, okay. Um, they're always in it. We're in our own. Um, we're in our own booth in in Lubbock. We're we're extremely spoiled, and I hope nobody from the tech administration is hearing this because uh, I'll tell them, oh man, it's terrible. We we we. <laughs> I mean, we're in a suite, quite frankly. Oh, okay. And it's just it's fantastic. We have a lot of room. It's great. Um, we can have you know we can have some guests in the booth, and it's not it doesn't cramp our style. Uh huh. Um, you know, John's a big guy. He's tall. He's he's got long arms, and um, the having us in a, a booth where we've got some room, I can have a spotter in between us if I have you know, the fortunate opportunity to have one, which I typically don't. But sometimes I'll have a relative, my sons, or somebody there, and so there's room. But most places there's not that kind of room. Okay. And so most places we, as a visitor, we're not going to be anywhere near midfield. So like in Oklahoma, they stick us almost, you know, about the 10 yard line used to put us in a closet almost. Baylor was the worst ever until they got the new stadium. But, um, so some of the worst, um, uh, ironically, AT&T stadium in Arlington where the Cowboys play, where we used to play Baylor, that one, they put us, you know, that's, that's where Brad Sham does his Cowboy broadcasts and they actually moved the broadcast booths from midfield to the corner uh, behind the end zone. And it is the hardest place to call a game because you cannot see what yard line they're on when they're on the other end of the field. And so you're literally watching that humongous screen in the middle to, to see what, and I'm, I look up there to see what yard line they're on. I don't watch the play there. 
but I, I look to see what yard line they're on because I'm just not positive yeah. until I see it up there. So there are some places that are, you know, that are tough, yeah. but uh, most of them are similar. Pretty similar. Yeah, you know, I've always wondered, like, how, how many games are these broadcasters, I mean, depending on where their seats are, are they just watching the monitor the whole time? Or are they, I mean, are they watching the... No. Yeah. Or not the whole time. I don't think any. I don't think anybody watches the monitors. Okay. Um, even the television guys. I've watched. I've had the opportunity at times to glance over and watch some of them because, like okay. at Texas, um, at Texas we're in a booth right next to the television broadcast booth, and so we, like when Gus Johnson was there with his feet kicked up on the table, doing his uh, doing his calls, uh, which I thought was a little over the top. Um, <laughs> It was fun to watch, though, that they don't watch their monitors. They're watching the they're watching the field just like okay. we are, and then they'll glance at their monitors for, you know, immediate follow or replay or whatever, or, or set up right before the play actually happens. They might look at the monitor to see if they can pick up on something that they aren't picking up on from the naked eye. But well, one one thing I know that you didn't see on you weren't watching the monitor at an A and M game, and I'm married to an Aggie, but I'll never forget. I don't know if it was you or John. But uh, A&M had just scored a touchdown, and there were, you know, how they make out after after a touchdown down at A&M. And I don't know if it was you or John that said, well, that's just disgusting. <laughs> and I just, that was I, me. I'll never forget that as long as I live. That was so funny. I just, <laughs> I'm, I'm the one that typically comes out with the things that get me in trouble. So. <laughs> That uh, was me, and, uh, you know, that, uh, well, I won't get into the game last year. But, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, I don't yeah, know why that stuck out, but it's like, oh, that's just. Well, disgusting. I was also the, I was also <laughs> the one that got into the argument with the. Uh, uh, twice I've gotten into an argument with a fan. Once was at A and M, when they were in because we our booth it was an open air booth, and the last row of the balcony, uh, upper deck, they would stand up and their heads would be in our way at uh-huh. times. They could obviously hear me scream because I'm a screamer. And so when I would scream something, they'd turn around and look at me and I'd give them grief. This was, I, this might have been the, uh, this might have been the game that, uh, that BJ threw, what he threw, six touchdowns and then long through seven or something like that. Okay. Um, I think it was that game. And, uh, so at the end, they're, they're looking back when, you know, when they were, uh, about the, I think they ended up winning that game. And I, I like, I, I just, I told them to, well, yeah. I think I believe I believe I told him to be quiet and uh, to leave us alone. <laughs> Bobby not and, wise. And yeah. then it, in, 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 when we played, yeah, when we played in Nevada. Well, we just lost Brian Jensen. I don't know if he uh, <laughs> didn't pay his bill or whatever, or he hit the wrong button. But maybe we'll get him back. In the meantime, farming demands well-built equipment. Kubota equipment that's proven for over a century. Tractors that are adaptable and versatile. Hay tools backed by a two-year warranty. Sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. And productive SSV skid steers. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Brent, where can we find you? with the shotgun <laughs> from the 28. The throw goes to the right side for Crabtree. It's caught. Oh, he plays. Oh, oh, he's the worst. Red Raider. Unbelievable. Michael Crabtree has done it. Michael Crabtree makes the catch at the five, breaks the tackle, and scores. There's still one second on the clock, but Texas Tech, unbelievable Michael Crabtree. Now, Landon, were you at that game? Because I was. No, I have a funny story on that one. I was watching that at my at our friend's house, who's, a, who's, oh. a, who's an Aggie vet, veterinarian uh-huh. that we both know, and me and a me and another tech buddy are just destroying his living room, celebrating. And he comes up and he goes, "Cause hey man, they they threw a flag. It, uh-huh. it doesn't count." I was like, "You idiot! Of course it counts." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know the play before that, we thought. It was intercepted, you know, but of course... Oh, yeah, and the guy dropped it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that guy should have ended the game right there. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm screaming like, get out of bounds, get out of bounds yeah. so we can kick a field goal. I and know, right? He just goes, and then you're just in. You're like, oh, this is great. Oh, oh this is great. Man, it was... Uh, yeah. No, I tried to get the we're number one chance going. <laughs> I just could not get it going. 
because we were already Which is weird because you're you're usually a trendsetter. So. Uh, yeah, you know, I'd clothes, <laughs> music, style, everything. It's a it's yeah. a dream come true. Well, it we'll we'll see if Brian comes back here. I've got a few more uh, of his reels um, that Learfield that Learfield had um, supplied me. So let's see if we can uh, find him here. I just changed. Where's it at here? Uh, there we go. Okay. Tell me if you remember any of these, Landon. Tied at 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is good! It is good! It is good! Jonathan Garibay has won the game with a 62-yard field goal! I remember that. I- I don't know how many times I watched that. Did you know nobody on Tech has ever made a our longest field goal before that was 49 yards? Oh, I didn't know that. And somebody had a pretty cool tweet the other day. They said, just think how different the lives of Garibay and Sonny <laughs> Cundy would be if, if, if he misses that. Yeah, right. Or how, how different the lives could be. And the motion man is Felton going to the right. Empty backfield for Shimanek. Blitz look by Texas. Now Shimanek looks over to Kingsbury after slapping his hands. To see... If he wants to stay with it. Going to throw to the end zone left side. Batson's got it. Touchdown, Red Raiders. We're just playing some of your highlight reels here, Brian. Oh, that's cover. <laughs> yeah, we had some nice elevator music. I was just trying to tell Landon, uh, if, uh, going through him, see if he remembered him. And, uh, 38, three seconds to go, 62-yard try. Garibay has his foot into wow. it. It may be long enough. It is Now, Landon said that was our longest field goal ever in Texas Tech. Is that right, Brian? As far as I know, yeah. Yeah. That's, Let, what, I, that's what I understand. Let's see here. So Stockton you know. in. Oh, I was just going to play here. This Stockton is Stockton in now, and Mahomes rolls the pocket right, wants to throw back to the left, and does. It's caught by Stockton. Sidesteps the defender to track me. He usually wins these. Stockton spun at the five, dives for the end zone. Touchdown, Red Raiders! I mean... You can't fake that emotion, Brian. That that's not acting, is it? No, hell, <laughs> uh, hell no. I mean, no. It's uh, yeah. I get pretty jazzed. I get pretty jazzed uh, in the booth, and I, I, I don't. So, I, are you admitting that we had a little glitch there, or no? I just saw that Brian Jensen had left the meeting, and I thought, well, I guess we pissed him off, and <laughs> that was okay, it. So, I got to tell you, you, you have a, you have a. You're one of those, like some of those coaches that have real poor time management. Oh, so, no. Like, like how long have we been on this thing? I, my battery ran out. I tried to shut it down like oh, wow. 20 minutes ago, and you go into your Alcatraz. I, I, I had to plug it in <laughs> and, and get back on here. But So I was trying to tell you the story about Nevada. Oh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I got to get this one out, and then if you want to shut me down, go ahead. But, so... <laughs> Like I said, we got all night. Playing at Nevada, and that was back when Kaepernick was their quarterback. Oh boy! And um, but anyway, um, I'm I'm calling the game, and again, it, they have like a high school stadium, it seems like, and we're in a real real dumpy booth, and it's open air, just like the one at A and M, and there's fans right there below us, and the whole game, I'm calling them Nevada, 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 and finally, this one fan turns around, and screams at me, "It's Nevada!" Or oh, Neva- Nevada. Or Nevada? Okay, whatever. Nevada, but I think, whatever yeah. it is, and I go. I said, and I turned. I, I leaned up. I stood. Up, well, I always stand up, but I leaned out and I go, "Well, not in Texas, it's not." <laughs> <laughs> and they just they gave me this really yeah. dirty look, and I just kept on going and kept calling it Nevada because that's what I grew up learning or knowing that it was. So, anyway, those are the two instances: the A and M and the Nevada <laughs> fans that I've had. That's fun. So, back and forth has with. John had to hold you back more than those two times then, or? Are you about to throw hands? Oh, I don't know. Because most of the, you know, the great thing is most of the most of the booths are uh, pretty secure. Okay, we're like in glass. We're glassed in. In fact, um, our I got to give a shout out to our uh, god of the booth, who's retired now, um, Steve Pitts, our producer engineer, um, who was at his last game, the last game of the Liberty Bowl. Um, so he would always every every booth we were in that was all glassed in and we didn't have a way to get any kind of outside you know ambiance. yeah 
we try to figure out a way to get a microphone out the window or, you know, around the corner or whatever we could possibly do. Uh, even if it was opening up the mic on the field with, um, with Chris or whatever, because man, some of those booths, you're, you, it's, it's just very sterile and the sound is sterile and I'm not a sterile broadcaster. So, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a disease in there. So, you know, we want it, we want it as open as possible. Well, that, you know, like with the COVID deal, they had the fake audiences going through the, uh, to the radio system, you know, listen to like the Ranger games and everything. And they had the Steve, that was the other thing great about the tech uh, broadcast booth. Um, so almost all the other broadcast booths we were in during COVID and we had the option during COVID of either doing the game on the road um, or in person or at home. And I know some of the schools decided like TCU did theirs from, from their, from home uh, and did it off of a monitor. Fortunately, we never did. We did all the games um, on the road. We tested with the team. We, there were new rules in place. I had to come to Lubbock early. I had to get on the team charter, go through all the testing and everything. We all got on the team charter. We couldn't leave the hotel, all that kind of stuff. But we at Tech didn't have to have a divider between us or anything like that because our booth is so wide uh-huh. that I'd sit in one corner. John would sit in the other corner. And we'd almost have to yell at each other to be able to hear each other anyway. So it was um, it was a perfect scenario to be able to broadcast during COVID. Well, good, yeah. Well, that's a good part about being a good state that they're not crazy. You didn't have the subway sneeze guard divider between you then. Well, that's... <laughs> right, right. Well, you know, I guess I, you probably do realize the amount of tractors that you are in on Saturday afternoons or Saturday evenings. And um, you, you've you probably caused a little bit of spilled corn or cotton whenever you hit a touchdown Red Raiders. <laughs> or we get off the row when we're trying to cut corn because you kind of light us up. And, and But, you know, just, of course, obviously in Lubbock with all the, the cotton strippers um, going during that, during the harvest time, during football season. It's, you, you probably want to have, maybe other than maybe the Iowa Hawkeyes, y'all, y'all probably have the most per capita combine slash cotton. I know you have the most cotton stripper listeners in the, in the, probably in the globe on the globe. So it's, uh, um, well, I appreciate that uh, comment because honestly, um, you know, I'm from the city. Yeah. I grew up in Dallas. I live in Dallas. Um, I'm obviously completely aware of the, um, you know, uh, industries around, around Lubbock. And, and while I went to tech, I, I learned everything. Well, not everything, but a lot about the, the area. And so I'm, I'm conscious of that, but it's always a great reminder of, you know, where our listeners really are um, at the time these games are going on. Because, you know, I, I've envisioned people in their living rooms, like I said earlier, or their car or whatever the case might be. I was told um, the A&M game in 2003, which is the game that was actually the turnaround game for me, I was I was not really I was not really being well received the first couple of years as the tech play-by-play guy after you know following jack and then in 2003 the a&m game was not televised okay that was the uh, that was the welker punt return and because of that you had to listen to it on the radio if you were going to be able to, to to know what was going on uh throughout the game and um i got a letter from a guy after the game who literally was in his truck um, and the way he put it was, I got to the highest point I could get to, um, on the cap rock so that I could hear you. You kept going in and out, but I found a spot where I could finally hear you. And when you made that Welker call, you just, yeah, you know, you just made, you, you made the hair stand on my, on my arms and just got me so excited. And that was kind of the moment that turned things around for me. And it made me realize where, you know, where the fans and the audience really is in West Texas. And it's, it's more than just, you know, listening, uh, listening at the, the bars and, right. And, uh, you know, the parties that are going on. So, yeah, you know, like for me, I, if I'm listening on the radio, it's out in the tractor or, or whatever, because at home, you know, until this varsity app came on, you know, I'd love to listen to you, but gosh, you can hear the play 15 seconds, you know, 
before yeah, it happens on TV. Now, when you got your TV going. Well, now I ha- yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. I know you are because you text me or you, you uh, tweet. Tweet. Yeah. 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 It's uh no, it's yeah, it's a great time to be alive. Great time to be alive. Well, Brian, uh, the great time to be a Red Raider. That that's, that's there you go. There you go. Yeah, absolutely. You need. You need to coin that. Well, hell, it's already been coined. Well, guys, I believe that one. That one's been coined. I can't yeah. claim that. Tech's pretty stingy on the trademarks. I've noticed, so <laughs> you got to be careful with them. I've been trying to get a touchdown Red Raiders T-shirt for years now, and well, the cactus, the cactus. How long did it take to get a cactus T-shirt? Three I hours. Know. I know. I've been working. I've been doing the touchdown Red Raiders now for almost twenty-three years, and I can't get a T-shirt. And cactus happened. <laughs> Like cactus hasn't been around, right? Yeah, yeah, right. It's um, and there's not a cactus anywhere. There's yucca close to Lubbock, but that's in Ransom Canyon. So, yeah, no, it took me about 15 minutes to figure out what they were talking about on the whole cactus thing. But God, oh my, you talk about, and we trended on Twitter, and for like a good thing, if tech ever trends, (laughs) usually somebody lit. A uh, one of those electric scooters on fire on Broadway and University. So <laughs> yeah. when we won, uh, when we won the semifinal final four, yeah, either that or back in the day when Trump was talking about us, that was about that was the last time I think we we uh, spiked. Landon, who was the serial killer that went to Tech? Do you remember, do you know that Brian? Who was it? Um, John Hinckley. Yeah, or not serial killer, but Sean Reagan. Assassin. Attempted assassin. Yeah. I'm sorry. He's a, he's a figure now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if he would have said it's so a great... right after that, so the t-shirts right after that, you, you're aware of those t-shirts? Uh-uh. Because I was... A, I, I was... You were there. I'm thinking... I can't remember the exact date, the year that it was, but it was right around the time I was in school. I think it was 81. And the t-shirts that came out were... Um, they were six shooters. <laughs> um, there were a pair of six shooters, and when you tucked your shirt in, they stuck out of the of the pants, and they were sure, and that was guns up. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was gonna say, I think guns up was before Hinkley, but you know. Oh, I'm sure it was, but it, it really hit. It really hit <laughs> yeah. big time at that point because one of the one of the networks picked up on it, and I mean, it it became yeah. a. And they started talking about how, you know, students at Tech carry guns to class, which was, which was, that, was, so, that was so out of line. So not right. Oh, God. Uh, I, I would say only in Lubbock, but yeah. No, it's, no see, that's where you're wrong. Uh-huh. That's yeah, where you get that's that, where you're that, wrong. that we go back to what we talked about earlier. It's not just in Lubbock. Mm. If, if, if Hinkley had been at uh, Colorado, yeah. not that I'm picking on Colorado, yeah. Um, it would have been, you know, something there that they would have, with the weed, you know, it would have been something. I guarantee you, yeah. if Lubbock, Texas would have existed in 1865, John Wilkes Booth would have been from there. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> of course. <laughs> oh, of man. Course. Well, uh, it's been a great time, Brian. We uh, just beyond appreciate all this time you put in with us and uh, put up with us and all the great stories and, and anecdotes that you've provided the insight for Texas Tech football, and we hope you last another 23 years. That way, or let's see, 22 years, that way you can get a Michael Jordan 45 jersey. That'd be sweet. That would be pretty, pretty cool. cool. Now, those That'd are unique. Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have to chop this into two parts because we talked so long? I was fixing to say, you, enough, you are going to get us our first two-parter. You got enough terabytes to be able to you know, Hell like, yes. upload this to whatever podcast form? Hell yes. Use? I may, it may be, we may be a three parter. I don't know. I'm at an hour 51. So, (laughs) holy moly. You're almost as well now. You're about halfway. Joe Rogan. Full game. Yeah. You're going to be our full, our full August schedule. (laughs) (laughs) We ain't going to have to work for like three. I'm not even going to have to cut corn. I'm just going to go plow it. You know, I'm not even going to harvest it. So, (laughs) all right. But um, no, Brian. It's we're beyond uh, appreciative to have you on here, and um, man, if we can get you on again, that'd be great. And uh, maybe we'll find you at the Rawls Golf Course sometime and get another hole in one for nice. you. I haven't played that'd there nice. since like they opened. But anyway, guys, I try until to play there. do what I try to play there every year. When it's, I go in, so it's last I time I remember. It's a man killer. I, I do. Yeah, I play there every time. Every, uh, in the early part of the season, when uh, our games are always at night, um, then I'll, I'll play every time I come in. Yeah. 
It's um, I, I just played there once when I was when I was going there. They were building it my senior year. It was a cotton field up until my senior year, and then it was hills and there's no telling how many metric square cubic feet of dirt they moved to make hills in the middle of Lubbock, Texas. Yeah. Well, and they dug it. They dug it out from what I understand and dropped mm-hmm. the the level of the course. Yeah, but, yeah that's, it, that's a whole other podcast. It's a whole. We'll, we'll talk. That would be a great title for a podcast. That's a whole other podcast because that's this is not. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to hit that button. Landon, where do we find you on social media? Uh, no twit, Landon, 44. That's right. You can find me at Trader Brent. I, tree, I tweet during the Texas Tech football season the most clever, the most original, the most unique tweets that get read by Brian Jensen and John Harris in about the third quarter, regardless of the score. So be looking for me <laughs> there. Uh, that's in your broadcast booth. That's right, uh, Brian. Why do you wait till the third quarter? No, I tweeted it. I tweet the first part of the game. You don't read no, it till the third. No, no, no I've no, never no, heard I'm you read it till after. No, no, uh-uh. no, no. don't even we're go always there. Looking for tweets, we're always looking for tweets at the beginning of the game, and we never have them. It's like <laughs> it's like you know halftime and third quarter before any of the good ones start coming in. Well, I'm going to keep tweeting until you block me because that's how many times I'm going to start tweeting now. So. <laughs> All right, well, okay. Well, we have a new producer this year. Okay. Uh, so Joyce is going to have to figure out, you know, which ones to feed me. Nice. So that's a whole other uh, that's a whole other podcast. Whole other podcast. More, more logistics. I, I'm just always fascinated by how broadcasting works with the preparation that goes into it and the lack of bro- uh, preparation that Landon and I do on our podcast. So, but um, once again, we're with Brian Jensen. You can find me at Trader Brent. We're all over uh, anywhere you can find a podcast. Uh, we're on the Global Ag Network. And um, guys, until next time, y'all be cool, y'all be safe, and we'll ask you what side of the line are you on? The Dryline Farmer Podcast, a member of the Global Ag Network. There's podcasts, and then there's this, the Dryline Farmer Podcast.